What's up, everybody? Pachi, god damn it. What's up, everybody? Fuck, stop. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in Aggieville. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in Aggieville. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in Aggieville. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in You're listening to yet another edition of Cocaine Willie, and tonight we are all in once again on the Hoops Talk. Tonight we are joined by the one and only Robbie Triano, who's K-State's biggest super fan. He's a tattoo enthusiast and the voice behind Midwest Madness on the 1012 Network and Sirius XM's Big 12 Now Radio. We will also recap what sounds like may have been the return of the doom in a win over the Oklahoma State Cowboys last night in, in Bramlage, which came off the heels of Coach Jerome Tang's return to Waco and a win over the Baylor Bears, which capped off a historic three-game stretch of wins over top 25 teams. Fireball Matt, how was, uh, how was the Bram on a scale of one to doom, how doomy was it? Ooh, on a scale of one to doom, um, it was it was doomy. It was doomy. I I would maybe give it like a a seven out of ten on the doom scale, um, which I think for a weekday game with no classes is really good. Um, it was a really good environment last night. That's what I like to hear. We're, and you were in the student section, right? Yes. Um, so the students, <laughs> the student <laughs> section was technically a general admission. Um, I have, I have season tickets. Oh, I nice. have general admission season tickets. Um, and uh, we, it, you know what? It was maybe me who kind of decided, you know what? Why don't we sit in the student section for this one? And um, I see why I don't sit in the student section anymore. It was it was a little uh, too hectic for my uh, my oldness, but I guess I'll have to uh, deal with it. I'm here for it, Chef. We've got uh, we've got folks asking in the chat. When are you going to start an OnlyFans page? Well, I'll say this: my OnlyFans page won't be expensive. Uh, I like to include everybody. The DMs will be open and. You know, I'm going top and bottom, so it depends on what you're if, if, what you're looking for. Well, you know, we we like top and bottom. You know, over here, uh, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really know what else to say to that. But uh, we're Jesus still waiting on. Christ. <laughs> we're still we're still <laughs> waiting on uh, on Robbie Triano to join. He will be he'll be up here in a minute. But uh, first off, I mean, we've got a couple games to to recap here, so. Actually, you know what? We're going to scrap that. We're going to redo uh, the recap. We'll talk through some of that stuff later. Robbie is here. We're going to go ahead and get him on stage. Robbie, welcome to Cocaine Willie. How are you doing tonight? Do you actually have to be on cocaine to be on this podcast? That is debatable. Well, are you? My my See. My employer might be listening, so... Okay, so Matt is definitely on cocaine employer, so just take note of that. Robbie's avatar is, I'm going to say, is out of control, but... I was going to say, I think his avatar is on cocaine. It's clearly somebody impersonating Robbie. It's obviously Robbie impersonating Takashi 69 slapping an ear in an old Batman comic. 
Yeah, that's what I do uh, when I'm on this podcast. I'm just slapping everybody's ear hole, uh, and that pictures me on cocaine. No, I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's good to be with you, gentlemen. I feel like I am a part of the K-State Nation now. So, uh, but I, I'm here. I'm guessing I'm going to take some lashings today. I mean, especially after you followed our lead by having the the famous Grant Flanders on the pod a week after we had him on. So, hope I, I listened earlier. It was awesome stuff. Flando is is a good friend of ours, and and we love having him on as well. But hey, I mean, take a second to introduce yourself to some of the folks who may not know you. Um, how did a Michigan native get into being the voice of the Big 12 on Sirius XM radio? And how does your bias for K-State affect your ability to do your job? <laughs> um, so backstory, I went to Grand Valley State University. And if you don't know there, that place, that's where Brian Kelly won his first national title uh, back in the day. So this little school in Western Michigan. And then after I graduated there uh, as a journalist major, um, you know, this was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in radio and I got a job part-timing uh, with with Big 12 radio as they just launched. I worked my way up and after a year became a full-time producer of Big 12 Today, which is a show from 2 to 5 Central on Channel 375. So I, I literally had no idea about the Big 12 as a whole. Like I'd never at that point stepped foot in any Big 12 state. In fact, in my job interview, they asked me if I knew who Will Greer was, and I didn't, and he was the quarterback of West Virginia, so that made me look really dumb. But now, four years afterwards, you know, being here, I didn't necessarily think that I would be this deep into Kansas State Twitter or lore or anything, but now it's, like, known around the office that I'm the Kansas State guy. Like, everybody knows at my work, all the other producers, all my hosts, know about this tattoo thing at at one point they even said you know if we go on remote and we go work with Kansas State people you should get temporary tattoos so you can pretend every time that you go there that you know you they think you have this tattoo but really you don't so everybody at work knows about it everybody knows now I am biased to K-State it's kind of the joke of our show now but I mean like it's kind of fun because K-State has so many amazing things to root for when it comes to winning the big 12 title in football or winning in basketball, like I, I picked the perfect time to become a, a lifelong bandwagon fan. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of my journey. I absolutely love it. And I've only been to two uh, big 12 States. I've been to Texas over the summer. I've been to West Virginia and I went to Kansas city, but I didn't even go to Kansas. So I, it, I, at first I didn't even, I, I thought Kansas city was in Kansas, so that didn't help either. But um, yeah, so that's a little bit of my story. What's it going to take for us to get you to uh, to Bramlage or Bill Snyder Family Stadium at some point? Um, I would just like to go regardless. Um, I want to try that that bourbon that I think is like a K-State or like a K-State specialty. I want to try that desperately. I, I was talking to Grant earlier about some of the places at Kansas State. I just want to go for a drink there. Um, it seems like even watching yesterday, like the Octagon of Doom seems like this incredible place to watch a game. And when it comes to like the, the fans in the Big 12 that I think have the most passion outside of OU and Texas, even though oh, Texas fans just absolutely suck. Kansas State fans are like by far my favorite. I think they care about their school and their teams the most. Um, I didn't even know TCU fans existed until this season. Um, so that was cool as well. But no, I, I, I would do anything to go down 
and watch a game and get a tattoo on the sideline. And uh, just go ahead and peep the live chat there as a heads up. Uh, you've got a guy willing to uh, send you a bottle of that bourbon. So so hit, oh, let's go. hit up our guy Aaron Winter in, in his DMs. Awesome. This is what pandering does. I get free things. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we appreciate you giving a little bit of the background there. I mean, this is also a really unique time to be covering the conference in general with some of the realignment stuff and the craziness around that. But also the quality of play and the quality of teams that we have in the Big 12 this year in, in both football and basketball and some of the parity there, if you will. Um, there are a couple big games tonight. Obviously, I'm also watching Baylor-West Virginia as we're recording this, and, and we've got the TCU-Texas game on after that. But how wild is the Big 12 so far this season from, from your perspective? It feels like not only the strongest comp that the conference has probably ever been, even after a long or a strong year last year, but it feels like any of the top four or five teams and, and potentially a dark horse from, from maybe the bottom of the conference, if you will, if you want to call it that, have a chance to win the conference, be it the regular season or the tournament. Just just tell us a little bit about how wild it's been covering the Big 12 so far this season and, and maybe where you think things are headed after four games so far. It's been an absolute roller coaster. There's a lot of things I thought about this league that have kind of flipped. Like I thought Baylor was going to be a national title threat right now. They're all all defeated in conference play, even though they're probably going to beat West Virginia right now. And even talking about like Oklahoma state yesterday, I don't think they're a very good team, but Oh my God, defensively, like they do so many things the right way. And you could see like Kansas state was frustrated at a lot of different times. Um, And Oklahoma state right now is if we go to the metrics they're currently eighth in defense in the entire country, according to Kempom, and 112th in offense. So just like the range, each team kind of has their own identity in this league, which I really, really, really love because like me, I'm a Michigan State Spartan fan. So looking in the Big Ten, there's just so many teams that are just like meh, like have no identity, just gross to look at. And here it feels like each team has their own thing that they can hang their hat on or be really good at. Like we have teams here one through 10 and honestly we could have all 10 teams make the tournament. I don't see that happening, but if we were to put Oklahoma state, Texas tech, West Virginia, and any other power five conference, they would be in the top five, top six in that league. And that just shows how deep this league is going to be. It's going to be even deeper when the new four teams come in hell, even if Gonzaga comes into this league and I'm looking at a Kansas state perspective, like, they have a chance in both major sports to be the best in both of those sports, which is just like an incredible thing. And that's like what teams and programs in the new look big 12 should be doing. They should be fighting to be the best in both football and basketball, everything when OU and Texas are gone. OU and Texas aren't very good at basketball in my opinion. Uh, So that, that, that part is easy, but now with them out of the football picture, like, this is just an awesome, awesome time for the new Big 12 and everyone in it. And everyone should have a little bit more juice after OU and Texas leave to be like, no, this can be us. And basketball-wise, I think this is going to be another incredible year. I think we have a legitimate national contender in Kansas. And the thing that we need to, to see is Kansas State, can they continue what they're doing right now so they can also be included into that national title picture? And. Oh, Matt, do you want to take the next one or? No, you can go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you bring up Kansas 
I mean, obviously they're ranked second in the in the country. Kansas State's on the rise. Iowa State, obviously, right there as well, undefeated in the conference. And you look at those teams, it's kind of flipped on its head from where the preseason poll was going to be. So if you look at the standings now, is that kind of a reflection, in your opinion, of how the conference should be shaken up and where the talent really is? Or is it kind of still molding its way through the conference? How do you how do you see the conference right now? And is that where you think it's going to end up? And is it these teams that's going to be leading the race for the conference championship? Yeah, it, it's really interesting because I think Kansas is in the right spot. But when it comes to Iowa State and Kansas State, Kansas State, I think, is proving that they they should be staying there and that like it's not just this fluky thing happening. They have the top talent in the league. Marquise Noel is the Big 12 player of the year right now. I think he's surpassed Jalen Wilson. Deontay Johnson, I mean, like the ground is still shaking after what he did from that alley-oop slam yesterday. It was absolutely incredible. They have the pieces. I think they have an amazing coach right now. Kansas State is going to be fine. Iowa State, to me, is such an intriguing team because they're a team that has a clear identity, and that identity is play amazing defense. Right now, sixth in defense in the entire country. But offense has been an absolute struggle, currently 77th in the country. But Gabe Kalsher is this player that I absolutely love watching, this player who can play 3 and D. He's becoming more of a scorer. Iowa State, to me, is a team that is more legitimate than ever um, right now. But the teams that I think have the talent that haven't been showing it, one is the Baylor Bears, like, but they cannot play defense at all. They have these incredible scores, but you can't trust this tree of Flo Thamba to be, you know, the one who's the saving grace in all of your defense. Like they don't have any size or versatility besides that. So that's where like for me, I'm worried about Baylor, even though I think they are still definitely a tournament team and will probably catch up in the standings. And another team that, you know, I'm I'm confused about, but like they've been dealt a really terrible card is the Texas Longhorns and they're still like very good two and one in conference play 13 and two overall. But like what happened to Chris Beard is just like, like that just completely like kind of imploded their season before it even really started. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to do with the Texas Longhorns. I don't know how to get to grade them. I don't know how, if I should be giving them, you know, saving grace, but they are the Longhorns. So hell no, they stink and they're going to suck for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, those are the two teams that like should be better than where they are now. Um, but I think the teams that are currently at the top should be staying there for, for the near future. And the team that they're playing, I, I just want to get in here. One, one more little thing on that is the team we're going to be playing next on Saturday. TCU is, are they the real deals? I know they have a potential big 12 player of the year in miles. Where, where do they stand in your, in your little standing? To me, they're just like, they're kind of just meh. Like like you said, it, they're just kind of Mike Miles and then everybody else. They're a team that, you know, defensively, they're above average 26 in the country. Offensively, they do not necessarily have any shooters. I hate their depth whatsoever. It's really just Mike Miles and Damian Baugh. And to me, I don't see TCU as necessarily a threat. I think, I think their ceiling, if everything were to go right for TCU, I think their ceiling is Elite Eight. Sweet 16, which is good, but I don't see them hitting that. I think they're probably a second round exit type of team. But if Mike Miles can get going, if he can create opportunities for other people, that's great. But when it comes to him creating opportunities, he has not shown that this year. Only three assists per game. 
he does average 20 points a game, nearly 19.8. But, man, it, they cannot shoot the three very well. They play good defense, but th- that's a team that needs a lot more, and they just don't have it right now. So I actually like Kansas State chances a whole lot in that game. Robbie, thinking about the Big 12 in the past five years and outside of the COVID year, the conference champion, at least the regular season champion, has either been 14 and 4, 13 and 5. And you take out one year where KU was 17 and 1 back in 2020 before um, the COVID, uh, COVID shut down. What do you think is the realistic record if a team is, is trying to aim for a record to win the conference this year? based off of the competitiveness, based off of what we've seen thus far, what do you think that realistic record a team should be focusing on to try and win it? Ooh, um, I don't know if I'm going to go based on wins, but I think on losses, I really think, I think a lot of like, there's going to be some cannibalization in this league. I don't see Kansas necessarily beating everybody. I mean, they almost lost to Oklahoma yesterday. That was a good game, but there was some trickery going on that I, I, I'm starting to realize exactly what is happening in the fog. And I, I said it today, but like there's just like a weird, dark magic happening in there where every ref just like feels compelled to grab their whistle at one point or another. It's so strange. Like like even if the game was like it, I thought it was a well-called game, but these refs still feel the need to, to blow their whistle in these moments. It was so strange. Um, where were we? OK, how many wins or losses to me? I think you at the most in this league, I think you have to have three or four like to be necessarily in the conversation. And like in most years, it's either Kansas or Baylor who are just wiping everybody with one or two conference losses. But now I think because this league top to bottom has never been more deep, in my opinion, I I, I really do think a, a team can win the conference with three or four conference losses. I don't think it's necessarily going to go there. I think Kansas is probably going to win or Kansas state are going to win with three conference losses, but it's, it's going to be a slugfest this year. And we haven't even, you know, hit this real stretch of, of big 12 play. And I just want to like, look at Kansas's schedule real quick. Uh, Kansas plays Iowa state at Kansas state TCU at Baylor at Kentucky Kansas State at Iowa State, Texas. I mean, that's like eight absolutely brutal games in a row. And that just isn't in any other league whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a slog, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the three or four losses. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think I saw that KU had the number one strength of schedule, according to Ken Palm, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. For the entire season. And and that's counting their one loss against Tennessee as well, which is just an, I mean, talk about a brutal schedule. They, they played Duke, they beat Duke. They, they've had a very, very, very good schedule. So credit where it's due, but we'll see if the cream rises to the top after, after they go through that gauntlet that they have there. Um, I, so we, we have a little, like just a quick game for you, Robbie. Are you, are you prepared for this? Oh, are you like ready game. for this? Is this where we do the cocaine? This is where we a do the cocaine. A lot more than so that, baby. In five, oh. <laughs> in, in five words or fewer, describe each of the teams this year in the Big 12. And I will, I will prompt you with the name of the team, and then okay. you, you give me five words or less on that team. And, and, you know, to preface, like, they are a good team is five words. So you can you say can, they are a good team or they are a okay. bad team, but I, I want more creativity. So this now involves that. me doing 
So this involves now me being good at English, but now good at math. So thanks a lot. I'm yeah, you can use your hand. You can use your hand, though. So you can count it with your fingers. Right. Okay, good. Right. Well, my tattoo is right there, so I can see that. So that's good to, you know, see uh, my tattoo. Oh, okay, cool. I'm ready. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, so first and foremost, Kansas. Really bleeping good. I think when it comes to their starting lineup, like they, they just are – like incredible. Their depth stinks, but when they are at the peak powers, Kansas is amazing defensively. They are amazing offensively. They have the star power needed to win a, a March Madness. I really bleeping good. Can I swear on here? Yeah. Really fucking good. They're really fucking good. Fuck. Yeah. Kansas State. Okay, hold on. Let me count real quick. Hooray, Bruce Weber is gone. That, I, I think. <laughs> like, I was talking about this with Grant earlier, but, like, I didn't realize the disdain for Bruce Weber, but, like, he said, like, yeah, people hated him. And, like, I knew him as, like, you know, this fun media guy just because, you know, I, I would just work with him. And he had the weird voice, who kind of talked like this? And it, it was, like, funny and cute, but then, like, he never actually did anything after they won the Big 12 title. But now with Jerome Tang, like this entire team is completely different in the best way possible. I've never seen fans care more in there. The Octagon of Doom yesterday was absolutely incredible. And he's able to pull in top talent that, you know, Bruce just couldn't the last couple of years. Him getting Keontae Johnson, like that's the type of transfer you get that can change your entire year in college basketball. Getting that type of player, I, I've been loving Jerome Tang and I, I pray that you know, nobody poaches him. And I don't think anyone will, but the thought of someone doing that like makes me sick to my stomach because he needs to stay at Kansas State. Yeah, and we can we can absolutely talk about that later, but but to dive in a little bit on the Tang thing, it just to me, there's nothing in his career that's pointed to him jumping for money bag. It's just not who it seems like he is based on his character and, and what he's invested into the program so far and trying to build those relationships with the students and the campus and, and the community, really. So I, I 100% agree. I hope that he doesn't, he doesn't make the jump, but I think there's another guy on this pod that, that would maybe disagree with that. But the next school that we have here, Iowa State. Oh, Iowa State. Before, before we go to that, like how real is Farmageddon? Like I understand like you guys hate Kansas, but like in terms of basketball, do you still have that same level of disdain or is that just a football thing? For me, Farmageddon kind of translates to both. Um, last year was a surprise for Iowa state. In my opinion, that team kind of came out of nowhere and you know, the rivalry, I mean, the last Iowa State team that I can remember that was halfway decent and gave us fits was like the George Niang teams. So, I mean, it's not as competitive as football, so you don't really get the the internet, the internet rah that Iowa State brings for football. So that's kind of because Iowa State Farmageddon is just internet going back and forth, really. Okay. Well, that gave me enough time for my five for my five words. Um, Prepare to take the D. I think Iowa State, like, you're going to come in with a game plan and they're just going to absolutely destroy it. The way they defend, like, they don't even have necessarily star power on that team, but they're so damn, like, they're so well coached that, you know, they can just do anything to you defensively. So just prepare 
to take it because it, there, there's no other way to, you know, handle them. They, they destroy Baylor only holding them to 62 points, Oklahoma 60. They're holding every team under to 70 points. And in a league with this much good talent and good coaching, that, that shouldn't be the case. But TJ Otzelberger finds a way to do it. I would say Farmageddon is real in basketball. It's it's just kind of a weird internet rivalry that was born on the internet for the most part. Because if you ask my mother-in-law who went to Iowa State, she would say there's absolutely no rivalry there. But but for those of us who grew up with message boards and Twitter and the internet, like it's definitely a thing for us and and more so like millennials and and Gen Z type of type of folks for sure. I'm also happy that you guys are on the Matt Campbell is a fraud thing because I've been watching ever since he made that comment. They're like, Oh, we don't care about, we don't talk about championships here. It's like, you're a loser. Like everyone should be talking about championships. What are you talking about? Like, like people are saying, Oh, he's going to go to Michigan. Like I know Michigan fans are the worst human beings in the world, but even I can agree with them. If, he were to go to Michigan and say that every Michigan fan would be like, I fucking hate you. Like you have to talk about champions. Like, what are you talking about? They will forever have the greatest together team to ever play. The game of <laughs> <Yeah>. football. <laughs> They're winning in character, but I don't even, how do you even measure that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> if Michigan ever wanted to not win 10 games in a season, they would hire Matt Campbell, right? He literally has the best job ever. He gets to never talk to the media. He gets to just like have subpar seasons, but everybody is just like, oh, but Iowa State's not a very good program to begin with. And then he can just like do whatever, let down any expectation. And then everybody just wants to hire him. It makes no sense like this black magic that is around Matt Campbell. It makes no sense. In a way, it's almost like Cliff Kingsbury, but that's a that's a totally <laughs> different conversation we could have about guys who maybe don't deserve to be in the jobs that they have. But don't look now. The TCU Horn Frogs are currently up ten on Texas and Austin, Ooh. which brings us to our next team, the TCU Horn Frogs. Mike Miles or bust. If this team doesn't have him, they're a bottom team in the Big Twelve. I don't necessarily like walking, you know, like talking about TCU that much, just because I just don't. They're not. I'm not inspired watching them play. Jamie Dixon's a good coach, but around him, like this, this team is not where modern college basketball is. They are not good at three point shooting whatsoever. They, they are kind of, you know, they're too aligned on one player. And I, I, I don't like watching TCU. Mike Miles or bust though. He's a stud. I will say though, the tertiary red that they've got on their uniforms looks pretty fire. Um, and, and they're wearing these black away unis that got the, like the little red, line on the sides. So that's that's pretty sick. Um Texas Longhorns. Oh man. Um if if Chris Beard was here and none of that had happened, I would say Big 12 threat, but this year right now I'm just going to say wait and see because they have like really good guard talent and they do have Tyrese Hunter if there are any Iowa State fans in here, they're probably just like puking out all over themselves the thought of that. Cyclone Larry just like cried in a corner. But they, they just have in, in like really good talent, really well-recruited talent. They have good bench depth. I like Serge Ibari Rice whatsoever. But with Rodney Terry as their head coach, I just have no idea what that's going to look like. I'm not going to – like I have no idea what this is going to look like late into the season. Like I don't know anything about him. There's so much unknown happening there. But if they can pull it together, like they're going to be a really good team. Like I think they're a team that can claw back up to the top of the Big 12, and they're not far off currently two and one uh but that's a team i have to wait and see about the next trader on the list the oklahoma sooners 
Oh my God. Um, I'm going to say this is actually kind of off brand for me because I hate Oklahoma and everything they stand for. Um, and the, how much they love the weather, how much they love the weather is so disgusting. Oh, I love my meteorologist. Shut up. Uh, Oklahoma to me, I think my, my, my phrase for them is better than you think. Like they're not necessarily that athletic. They don't have a player that can burn you, but they were like really well coached. I've liked watching Porter Mosier play. They have a player like Grant Sherfield who can get a bucket. Tanner Groves is this big who can put the ball on the floor if he needs to. Milos Uzan is this player I've really enjoyed watching, this freshman guard who can kind of, you know, push the pace a little bit. Um, they're not a team that I think that can contend for a Big 12 title, but when you watch them, you go, damn, okay, like they're not just the free bingo space this year that they were kind of last. I've actually enjoyed watching Oklahoma, even though they make me puke on a daily basis. Norman Loyola. That's what my nickname for them. I mean, it's just, it's, he Ooh. just transplanted his Loyola Chicago team with a giant athletic, I mean, unathletic center that can dish the ball from the top of the three point line. <laughs> and he just transplanted it in Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, they beat us in the, uh, to, in the lead eight, but, so fuck them, actually. Fuck them. Sister Jean, Sister Jean Castiglione. I might have to Photoshop yeah. her face on a Joe Castiglione's body <laughs> or vice versa. One of the two. Okay, I'm actually I'm going to Photoshop as we speak, and I'm going to do that. But no, I bet he just picks the biggest, tally, tallest, you know, like gumpy white guy, and he goes, that's my guy. And he makes eye contact with him, and they, he falls in love with them, just like he has with Tanner Groves and the other fat guy at, at Loyola. With that, the other team from Oklahoma, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, whew, this is a tough team. Um, uh, who? Terrible offense. Wow, good defense. I don't, I don't know if that sentence made any sense, but you know they're so good defensively. It's like a damn shame. And Musa Cisse, who's actually been out. Uh, they've still been really good, but offensively, oh my God, I hate watching this team with everything in my body. Their their players just like cannot shoot. They don't have any scores. Their best scorer in Bryce Thompson is only averaging 11 points per game. Avery Anderson, who's been there for about like four years, has just been abysmal this year. Nobody, no guard is necessarily shooting over 40% from the field or even close to 35% from three as a team. I hate watching this team play offensively. Defensively, they just do everything right. I love Mike Boynton as a person working with him. Like when it comes to if I were to just pick a coach I want to have a conversation with, he is the guy. He I learned so much from working and talking with Mike Boynton. He's a pleasure. But yeah, this team offensively is so yikes. It it sucks. Speaking of good guys, at least from what I've heard, Scott Drew, Baylor Bears. I, I would just say disappointing. Like this is a team that is really, really disappointing. Um because they have the pieces offensively, but defensively they just can't get anything together. And I know they have some injuries, but it they should be so much better than where they are right now. 14th on offense in the country and 80th in defense. And it makes sense. You lose the amount of defensive talent that they have. You know, we think of Mark Vidal, Macy Oteague, Jeremy Sohan, Kendall Brown. You lose Davian Mitchell. You lose these, like, amazing defensive players. It makes sense that they're the regressing but my god it is so bad and they don't have 
Tom Natachua, the hardest name to pronounce in the entire league, uh, especially if you have a lisp. Uh, he is, it, it, It's tough for Baylor right now, but if they can continue to stack on wins, um, they're, they're going to be dangerous again. Like I look at their schedule and they have things kind of cut out for them for the next couple of weeks. There's no easy out in this league, but for them, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech at Oklahoma, their next three games. And to me, those are bottom five teams in the Big 12. Um, and they can really get in a roll and then they play Kansas. And uh, if they can do that leading into that, Baylor's, uh, Baylor's going to be a good team again. But right now, I would say disappointing. And they're coming off of a win tonight, 83-78, at West Virginia, who's the next team on the list. Another fairly confusing team this season, I would say. Yeah, West Virginia, to me, is a team that I think is definitely over, underachieved based on, like, in the non-conference play, they kind of get me high on hopium. Oh, hopium's a drug in, in sports that I call when, you know, you, you get a little bit of that hope and you're like, yeah, 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 they're good. No, West Virginia gave me some during the non-conference play, 0-4, right now in the big 12 i would just want to say um uh am i ready to do this yeah i would say farewell bob huggins it's time like i just don't think you know like he's a he's a hall of fame head coach he's 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 bob huggins he's a legend but when it comes to like what modern college basketball is you have to get top talent and I don't think they necessarily are. They're doing better at getting in the transfer portal, but I don't think West Virginia is a top tier destination. And if you're not, you have to be winning with your coaching. And I think there are so many other better coaches in the league right now, like right now, I'm not saying legacy wise, but there are so many other more innovative coaches in the league right now who can win in the margins. Like I look at like, what is the difference talent wise between Iowa state and West Virginia? I don't think it's that far off, but right now they're out scheming, doing a lot of better things, being more together right now than them. So I, I think, I think it's time to do the farewell tour for Bob Huggins. Well, that, that is the Iowa state you're way, the, being more together. Robbie, yeah. you're the, you're the new AD at West Virginia. I don't know what his name is, but you're the new AD at West Virginia. How do you fire Bob Huggins? Um, what do you say? What do I say to get Bob Huggins? You know, that's like an impossible situation because you kind of have to let him go. Like, not let him go. You have to kind of let him, like, do his own thing. Like, would he have the balls to do, like, what they did to Gary Patterson? I don't know, just because, like, I think Bob Huggins is probably more important to basketball than Gary Patterson is to football. That could be a that could be a controversial take, but I, I think Bob Huggins just means so much to the sport of college basketball. Um, so it's probably an impossible task, but I, I think the only way is you just keep cutting his funding until he like feels like he has to quit or something. I, I have no idea. That's an impossible situation. I, I might have walked myself into a trap there. Well, the last team that we have on the list, the Texas tech red Raiders. Oh man. Um, yeah. What the fuck? Uh, I don't know. This team should be so much better. Uh, like this is a team that, you know, they, they prided themselves being number one in the transfer portal, you know, getting in this good talent and it is not translated. And that's like kind of my thought about the transfer portal. If you rely on it every single year, I just, you're just going to get really unlucky some years. And I, I don't think they like missed out in getting bad talent, but they did not get a player like Bryson Williams last year, who is just this incredible player who's so versatile and can play big and can shoot and do all of those things. 
Um, and this year they just kind of need to, you know, find their groove a bit. They've dealt with some injuries, um, but this is a team I don't think necessarily has that guy who can get them a bucket that they needed last year. Um, so yeah, West Virginia or not West Virginia, Texas Tech was a team I thought would be a lot better, but now I'm just asking like, what the fuck? I couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, they are definitely a confusing team. You, you'd think after last year with Mark Adams that things would just be back on or or at least on the right track, but maybe losing, losing McCuller was was that big of a hit to their team and, and their morale, and we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Chef and Fireball Matt for any other questions they may have, and then we'll open it up to the live room. So if anybody who is out in the chat or just listening in, go ahead and pop on stage if you have any questions for Mr. Triano. How, how painful was the tattoo? Can I ask that? How, I mean, what, was yours as bad? Because I know you got it in a really sensitive spot. So how painful was it? Robbie, no. I'm back. I'm back. There he is. Did, what I did, you, hear, did you hear the, the question? No. No, I, I was doing cocaine. What happened? Oh, I said, how painful was the tattoo? Because I know you got it in such a sensitive spot, but how painful was the tattoo? Yeah, no one no one tells you how bad it is to get a rectum tattoo. No one prepares you for that moment. Um, no, um, yeah, so about that. Um, yeah, I'm just to, I've just been kicking the can waiting for everybody to forget. But no, it's got to be people like Scott Wildcat. It's got to be people like Stats of War. It's got to be everybody now who just understands, hey, let's just keep poking at him. Let's keep doing it until let's take a cattle prod to Robbie and make sure he gets that tattoo. So one day I'm going to get it. One day I'm going to break. But I'm just waiting for the moment where I like find the thing in Men in Black and I, I just go to every Kansas State fan and I spray them with it. And they all forget about the tattoo thing. So that's really really been my course of action just continually kicking a can um but everyone is noticing me kicking the can so it's just kind of embarrassing for me so uh i guess i have a maybe a hypothetical question for you so you get to pick one big 12 matchup for football one big 12 matchup for basketball what two teams are playing and what arena is it in if you had to pick oh Ooh, that's a great question. Um, damn. Um, I have to really think about that for basketball. I mean, based on this year and just like, you know, pure haymakers, I do like, I think the matchup of the year will be when Kansas plays Kansas state. And honestly, just because I want to see it, I want to see it in the octagon of doom. This sounds like so pandering to me, but like in terms of like viewing pleasure this year, I think this is the most energy I've seen from Kansas State fans since I've been covering the league, especially in basketball. So if we can get them in that environment, I think that can be an absolute classic this year. And for football, oh man, this is a really intriguing question. Where would you guys say is the best place or the best venue in Big 12 when it comes to football? Because I ne- I haven't necessarily been to any in the league. Like I look at TCU's place. I don't think I'm very intrigued by that. West Virginia hasn't had anything to root for. So I don't know. Texas tech fans are just like good at assaulting people. So maybe that when it comes to just pure brutal 
Um, where would you guys say is the best place to watch a football game or the best atmosphere? Outside of the bill, in my opinion, it is Morgantown. I know you kind of just dismissed them, but when when they're rocking, when they were going, I mean, even maybe five years ago when they had, uh, like you said, Will Greer, and I mean, they had, I can't remember that white boy they had at receiver, but he was tough as hell. And and just all Tavon, the Tavon Austin years were absolutely insane. But like that place, when it's going, is formidable and it's tough they stripe out it seems like every freaking game that is a fun venue to go to so i mean in my opinion that's mine yeah another one too that i've just seen from afar i don't know why they they do this so much but why do people at iowa state in that stadium just absolutely love blaring the most insane edm music of all time through the loudest speakers making everyone in there absolutely deaf every time like i have like friends or analysts who go to that game, they leave like with like eight less, you know, like, like their, their eardrums are bleeding, like after they're leaving it. I don't understand why they do that. Or like, I, I just don't understand it. Also, they can't drink there. Like, what's the point? I was going to pick them, but then I forgot you can't drink there. What a well, well, you know, at Iowa state, if, if you go, so to get in the game, they don't have security metal detectors. And so people smuggle in five, six beers and they don't check. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, you could literally bring anything into that stadium and be good. Um, they're, the reason why it's so loud is they have that stupid scoreboard with those stupid speakers that blare that shitty music. And it's, it is a terrible environment. I'm sorry. I, th- I, I went to the Iowa State game this year. And I know Iowa State wasn't very good, um, but they hyped up this game, those stupid blackout games, and they can't score and people are just shitty. Um, I don't recommend a game there. But, I mean, if you really want to see a cool bridge, I guess you can go to Ames. And the random – and I fucking hate <laughs> – the most annoying thing that I think I – of all the Iowa State things that they do, they're the Cyclones. I get it. But the fucking cyclone siren just come on, give it a fucking break, dude. We don't need to hear that fucking random tornado siren all the fucking time. Everywhere. Everywhere you go. It's fucking everywhere. It sucks. I'm not gonna have nightmares thinking about that that siren you just did. Um It was like half cow, on- half siren. <laughs> I also do want to see that bridge. Sounds so sick. Uh if I were to pick it just like off the cuff, um, I want – God, this is the hardest question I've ever been asked when it comes to anything Big 12. You know, I want I want a game at Texas Tech. I know this is strange. I just want people throwing batteries and, and tortillas. I want that. I want the Kansas Jayhawks just because, you know, in pure – I don't know what I'm going to get entertainment value – um, they can just shock everybody. If you lose to Kansas, you just get absolutely embarrassed. Oh God, what's my other team? Uh, no, I, I I hate this question. I'm I'm going to plead the fifth. I hate this question. No, not that I hate it. It's more like an impossible one to ask. It was a great question, but I hate it. I think it's tough because uh, I was thinking of when I was planning on asking this. I was thinking about it myself and. Um, you're mentioning like best stadiums in the big 12. One of the best that I've been to is Oklahoma state when Oklahoma state is good. 
um, because of how the fans are just right on the stadium. I mean, or right on the field. Um, when Oklahoma State is good and they fill that place, it is it's fun. Um, so I was going to say Bedlam at in Stillwater because I think that is a a good matchup. But you know what? You pled you pled the fifth. The last Damn. ever Bedlam would be fun to go see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be nice. I can't believe I just said Kansas in football. That was absolutely batshit crazy of me. I mean, I guess while we're while we're on the topic, which of the which of the four new teams that are coming in are you most excited for? And and let's say you give a, a separate answer for football and basketball, uh, unless they're the same answer for you. But I would I would venture to guess they're probably not. Football for me, I actually want to go so bad to this place. I want to go see a game in Provo yeah. so damn bad. It looks absolutely beautiful. I'm gonna I'm gonna soak in that one. I'm just gonna go to Provo and just soak. I'm gonna soak all in all in. <laughs> there. Soak it in. And, and for basketball, it's Houston. This that I think they're gonna be absolutely incredible in basketball. I I think they're gonna come in and immediately be a threat to the title. What is it when I mean, you they already are? They're they're crazy good, man. They're so yeah, they're good. pretty good. They're struggling with South Florida right now. But what is it when you soak plus the your friends are on the top or bottom bunk and they shake you, they shake the bed for you? What is that one called? What is it called? Yeah, I can't remember what that one's called. An amazing time. <laughs> can't remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, make sure to use your work computer. Durfine? Is that what it is, <laughs> no. Scott? What? Ooh. Is it really? <laughs> Durfine? I, I know it has a name, but I can't think of I couldn't think of it. If it's Durfine, that's excellent. I would love a good I would Durfine. I would love I I don't know if you have a work computer, Chef, but I would love to think that the US Postal Service is is gonna be monitoring your your search history and finding out that Durfing was on there somewhere. Right. Hopefully they don't well, find my. It's like a scandal at Iowa State where a bunch of people are just derfing on the bridge. It's just going to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there's a major derf accident on on the bridge. That bridge is stupid. When we brought up the the four new teams into the Big Twelve, and I want to I want to get your perspective on it for basketball because we uh, we're obviously going to keep Texas and Oklahoma. It seems like maybe probably until 2025. So a 14-team conference with, I don't know how they're going to do it because they're obviously not going to be able to do round robin, but does that like change the dynamic of maybe where Kansas is at? Obviously, Houston will be good. uh, Central Florida is going to be the bottom dweller of the, the Big 12, but does it change the dynamic and it does it, lessen the product or does it make it a better product if we're not having that round robin like the big 12 is known for with that that strenuous schedule yeah i think that's the worst thing about the new teams coming in i like absolutely love that it's just so even across the board you play your nine teams and you play them multiple times the same amount of times it's not like oh i play this team once and this team twice like i love that aspect, I'm sad that we're going to be losing that, especially in football. Oh, that that makes me so upset because I think it's the truest way, and obviously it's their slogan, but it's like the truest way to like find out who a champion is. Um, but I don't, I, I, I don't think you know. I think it's just going to be more intriguing uh, when it comes to you know finding out you know who these teams are going to play. Like 
are they really going to make West Virginia go to Provo? And then if they add Gonzaga, go play Gonzaga. Like, I, I want to like know what they're going to be prioritizing when it comes to the schedule. And like, are they going to make it based on geography, things like that? But no, I, that, that's a great question. But I, I am really sad that we're going to be missing that when the, when the 10 teams, you know, kind of expands next year. Aaron, do you have any questions? I know Will's going to Will's going to bring some heat here in a second, but Aaron, you got a question for my boy Robbie? Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for uh, having me on. I think uh, Robbie, what I was thinking about earlier, a two part question: How many teams from the Big Twelve do you think make the NCAA tournament this year? And of those teams, how many make it to the Sweet Six? Yeah, that's a great question. If I were to rule the world, it would be all 10, but that's just not going to happen. I legitimately think there's a chance that there could be nine or eight teams in this conference and like who wouldn't make it as of right now, it's Texas Tech and West Virginia. And yes, those are the bottom two teams, you know, in, in the standings, but those are the two teams that I've been the least impressed about this entire season. Even Oklahoma state is a team that, you know, offensively is, is really bad, but their defense is enough to make me think if they were in the tournament, they could do some damage. But I do think a team like Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, or even TCU are teams that could get bounced in the first weekend. I think they could either win one game or not make it past, you know, the second round. Um, But last year we did see only a couple of teams you know, when the sweet 16, we had Iowa State and we have Kansas. So there's obviously some chaos that can happen. But this is a team, I think, that there are teams that are more equipped to last longer in the tournament. Kansas can last longer based on their offense and defense. Kansas State has the star talent needed to make multiple, you know, runs. We have Iowa State who needs to get better offensively but can play defense with anybody in the entire country. TCU has that star talent at Mike Miles. Texas has star talent. I do think like we could have four or five teams making it past the first weekend. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Aaron, you got any other questions or, or guys, you got any other questions? Oh shoot. We've got, we've got Will coming back on stage. Will, do you have any questions for Robbie or the group? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I always enjoy playing the hypothetical game. So I've got two hypotheticals for you. So would you rather have the round robin and only add two teams, or would you rather have all four teams and no round robin? And then also um, I'll do another hypothetical, one add, one drop for basketball and one for football. So drop one of the new four and add a team. Who would that be that you're dropping and adding for both basketball and football? Oh, okay. This one is easy for football. I'm going to go with the second question first. If I were to just add any team right now, you know, which, which with like, with the idea that they are actually, you know, a, a team that the Big 12 could be getting in a heartbeat, I would add the Colorado Buffaloes with Deion Sanders. I think that would just be electric football. Bring them back to the Big 12. I would absolutely add Deion in Colorado with the, with the idea that Deion will still be here. For many years, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if he was, that would be awesome. If I were to drop a Big Twelve team, uh, I'm sorry, I'm 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 dropping West Virginia. I have not been inspired by them for the last couple of years since I've been joined by the you know. And it, when it comes to geography wise, they make no damn sense um, in in this conference really, except 
being a team that can get the the Eastern time zone. But now that we have UCF, like that's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've been so disappointed with West Virginia since I've been joined uh, in this conference. And if I were to, you know, add some new teams in basketball, that's, that's a fantastic question. Obviously I think if it was legitimate, I think we should a hundred percent add Gonzaga. I really do want to see if they can play a real schedule every single year. They're a team that has kind of skated by playing in that weak ass conference, but then in the tournament, they do some things, but they don't necessarily win the entire one. I would love to see them actually face a real gauntlet in the regular season. If we were to drop a team, Ooh, that's tricky. And I think it's going to be Oklahoma State. I know they have some history there, but that's a program. I don't know what that ceiling could be. I don't know if Oklahoma State could ever be a program, you know, in this new Big 12 that can win Big 12 titles every year, compete for a national title. They had their best team with Cade Cunningham, one the maybe the best star they'll ever get. And they were just kind of an early exit um, there. So uh, that's the team I would be dropping. Um, and for the round robin, I kind of, I, I do like the idea of the round robin for that. Um, and I do have some plans with the big 12 moving forward. Uh, I've been talking with them, you know, trying to figure out the best way to release it. We are having some thoughts about that. We have a planning meeting, but all of that details will be coming out soon. And it's going to be, it's going to, I can't say much, but it's going to be fun. Well, so my, my kind of uh, the hypothetical too, as well as I was trying to kind of force you to, uh, to pick one or the other, because I know we're all, or a lot of us are excited about the four teams. So is a round robin more of a draw for you, or you can only have two of the teams in the new Big 12? If push comes to shove, so I'm putting you in a fake hypothetical. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the round robin. I'm gonna, I, I, I want the teams there. Hey, Will. Will, you guys' bromance, you guys' bromance is really hot. I really, I really, that chemistry was like, it got me hot. I'm not gonna lie. That was that was great. I mean, that was great stuff. Great, that was great. great those were those were good hypotheticals. Those are great hypotheticals. I'm going to be using all of these. I'm going to, I'm stealing your ideas, Will. I will give you no credit, and I will use it on my day job. Hey, no problem. <laughs> I'm better in the hypothetical world than the real world, so you know it's kind of where I exist. <laughs> Can you be my e girl on on Meta? Can you do that? Can you be my e girl, Will? Uh, don't tell my real wife. <laughs> Thanks for the questions, man. Hey, okay. In another hypothetical, in another hypothetical world. If we had to start a in the basketball in the basketball realm, you get a starting five, but it's a UFC fight of a Big Twelve players. Oh my Who is on this starting five on a five v five UFC fight? Oh my, dude, this is an absolute and why question. and why is Eddie Lampkin the first pick? Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Jesus, the dude that is dude basically Thomas Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's let's each throw out one um one here um so eddie lampkin is a great pick um oh god what's the i want kj adams on my team if i could that's the guy from ku right right. yeah that dude's a brick house made of shit then dried up and then solidified by like granite and diamond 
What's the name of the dude that that what's the name of the dude also that looks too, like, like Dave he, Grohl for Oklahoma? Cortez. I'm gonna take the, Cortez. That's the guy with the long hair. Yeah. I think oh. that's the guy I would want to fight the most. Yeah. I think I would have the easiest time fighting. He's him. clearly a bottom and he's getting assaulted. What the fuck? <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> uh, oh, man. You said Cortez would be a guy you'd want to fight. Why is Grady Dick not on that list? He was oh, second on my list. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a ponderable face. Yeah. He's, he's like Patty the Batty if you watch UFC, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was gonna ask TJ TJ Osselberger is on that list as well. I mean, he's a guy that he throws down and oh. he gets you in a rear naked choke, and you're you're naked too. You're gonna be naked by the end of that choke. Oh man, yeah. I was thinking I mean, if you're uh, adding if you're adding coaches into the mix, Bob Huggins has to be in the corner because that dude has some mafia connections. He's definitely paying someone off to do something really dirty. He's probably like. He'd put a bounty on someone. I, I would absolutely want Bob Huggins in my corner. He's like a cut man. He'd be a, a mean cut man. Yeah, he's definitely, he has vibes of somebody who's rubbing Vaseline on somebody's face. Like a cut man. Um, I was going to say Cisse because he, you know, when he's not hurt, he's also a big dude. I mean, you have to assume you want five heavyweights, right? You know, we're not getting like, yeah, I didn't think of the, I didn't situation. think divisional. I didn't think like fighting in divisions. So I guess just the five toughest dudes. And I think we've got three of them already. I just let you guys cook there. I could add nothing that was better than what you guys just did. <laughs> we should probably get this I mean, back on the rails. We should probably yeah. get this back. We've. <laughs> I was no, just gonna I say we've got we've got Scott up here now too. All right, just it's two comments, no questions. First, Chef, uh, I don't know why I'm surprised seeing that you're the only person who I've ever edited out of one of our live shows, but you're uh, he's a bottom and he would get assaulted line. Uh, maybe the most uh, hilarious thing I've heard, but I'm glad you said it on your show, not mine. And then uh, Robbie, uh, first off, a little disappointed you went with Grant Flanders instead of myself to talk about the K-State uh, Wildcats. You know, the whole network thing. I, I guess that means nothing God, I'm to just you. afraid of you. That's really, I'm afraid of you and what you've uh, done to me. You, you, you should be uh, because uh, you should be getting that tattoo. And, and I'm just going to say this. I live in Kansas City. I have a spare bedroom and I have the friendliest dog in the world. You're welcome to come hang out here for the Big 12 tournament. Uh, we can make a lot of content surrounding going to different tattoo shops and landing on one to get like a tiny, just a tiny little baby script Wildcats tattoo. Uh, so me and Parker can stop cyberbullying you. You know what? I, I've been running from this from so long. This is on record. I'll take, I'll take you up on that offer. Let's do it. All right. Good deal. You guys all heard it here first. And then if it doesn't happen, then man, uh, the cyber bowling this summer will uh, be even more intense. All right, now let's destroy the tape. Everyone, destroy the tape. Let me know. What- no, the whole world needs to hear chefs. Uh, he's a bottom, and he'd get assaulted. <laughs> uh- <laughs>
<laughs> and the derfing talk and chef i cited my sources it is called derf it is definitely derfing and i i love that it's called derfing it it only makes sense that the mormons would think of something so sinister that, that they would that they would who who thinks of that and where where's the loophole invented for derfing because it, it clearly breaks all rules uh, hor- 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 very horny, super religious kids. It also happens at Liberty. So it's not exclusive to Mormons. It's horny, super religious kids everywhere. So, I mean, that's all I have. Uh, Robbie, uh, I, I want to get you on Bob's wow, Boys soon. You're a good guy. Will, I'm mad that you never come on my live shows. <laughs> Bob, you're awesome. Chef, you're awesome. Matt, you're awesome. Hayes, you're awesome. Evan, you're cool too. That's all I we love you, Scott. You're the man, Scott. Whenever that tattoo thing is in Kansas City, I'll join and I'll bring some fireball before. So then you, you can lose all of your inhibitions before you go there. Right? Fireball, fireball, fireball. Matt. I I actually love fireball. I have I have no problem with the fire. I'm not even scared about getting a tattoo. I don't even have one. It's more of just like explaining to my mom, hey, I got this one thing and it says cats and I have no I'm even allergic to cats. It makes no <laughs> sense for me. But it's just like now I just have to do it. And you know what? After that bottom comment too, I agree with Scott. Like I feel like I just need to do it in honor of what has happened during this podcast, which has been comedic gold. We have a couple of new folks who have joined the uh, the live room. And if either of you or any of you have any questions, you know, if you have specific opinions or, or statements, comments on derfing or who you would have win a, a an octagon fight in the UFC between anybody in the Big Twelve, who would who would your top five be? You know, it's open floor, right? Can can we have our Resident Kirk Ferentz lover Russell Buchanan unmute himself. What, bitch? <laughs> you know, Russell, we've talked a little bit, and Russell, Robbie, Russell loves the Iowa Hawkeyes. Like, it's you a son of a bitch. religion. I wouldn't say love. I just gave them a lot of money, so I'm kind of trapped in it. Been there. I just want. I'm. I, I had a daydream today that Kirk Ferentz finally got fed up and Chris Kleiman left for the Iowa job. So I, I want Iowa. I wish nothing but success for Iowa forever until Kleiman's reign is over. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think that's um, that's too smart of a move for Iowa. I don't know if you know much about like the athletic director situation at the university of Iowa, but Gary Barta is an idiot. Um, And he would hire like, I I don't even like Ron Zook or something before he would hire Kleiman. I mean, it, he would just make the worst possible choice. That is a Uh, name. I haven't heard in so long. Yeah. I was trying to think of a bad coach and I don't know why Ron Zook is who popped to my head, but uh, yeah, I feel like he, he was a big 10 guy. So I feel like, yeah, they would definitely make that decision. I mean, they basically had to be bullied into Brian Ferentz leaving, which I'm, I'm actually saying that. I don't know for sure if Brian Ferentz has left. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they have to be bullied into doing anything good, um, which is why Iowa fans are just constantly booing their own team, which is a position I support. 
Um, I should mention, I think that, I think the team should be booed more, not the players, the coaches, but uh, yeah, no, anyway, that, that's my thoughts. Sorry. I didn't watch much. Uh, I didn't watch any of the basketball game last night. I was working. So I have no thoughts beyond that. Um, go Hawks. Uh, I was pretty entertained by TCU getting dog walked. So that's, that's where I'm at this week. Well, they're the ones kind of doing the dog walking on the Texas Longhorns right now. So that's a, that's an interesting one to keep your eyes on. If you've got a Got a TV to watch. That goes for anybody in the room. Yeah, I mean, the the way the volatility in the Big 12 right now, it's it makes you nervous, but makes you... Because, I mean, what was the stat? I mean, I think last... What was it, last Tuesday? All ro- five road teams won. They were 5-0 they were and o road teams. So, I mean, that whole... Uh, I don't want to call it a stereotype because that's the wrong word, but like that whole mantra of road teams are the underdogs in the big 12 and it's so hard to win on the road. It's kind of been flipped on its head. What, what can, what can we get from this season? Cause it's so backwards. It's so weird, but I want, I want it to keep this way because you know, them cats is undefeated baby. Sorry, quick question. Um, I was reading Go Power, not Go Power Cat, um, whatever our SB Nation site is yesterday, and they were talking about OSU's defense. Is that the best defense on paper that we're going to see the entire conference season? Uh, it's either them or Iowa State, 100%. Um, but if Musa Sise comes back, like I think definitely. But when it comes to just like the ratings, um, yeah, it's it's those two. I was saying Oklahoma State. Also, question for you, Russell. Why why does punts arouse you so much? Why does the concept of punting? Um, I approach football as if it's trench warfare because I spent two years in Iowa City. Um, so you know, I just like the idea of futility. Um, I think that's really beautiful. And uh, generally, like I'm pro. Uh, immigration so i think it's really cool that we have a job on a football team that we just give to australians um i think we should support that and bring more australians over they, they generally tend to be fun uh yeah i think that's that's pretty much it also i just hate the concept of offense like watching a game get strangled to death so go. i want to kiss you that was awesome <laughs> this is out of control it's incredibly eloquent, incredibly eloquent. Um, I, I mean, I guess before we be, we kind of talk about the upcoming matchups here, I, I think, you know, just recapping the games that we've had, you know, Russell brought up Oklahoma State and, and you know, the last game that we played prior to that was Baylor. I guess, Robbie, question for you to kind of think about those those two games. What are two things that you saw in those games between Baylor and Oklahoma state that you're going to be looking out for as K state heads to, to Fort worth to play TCU and then plays KU at home at, at the octagon of doom next Tuesday. Yeah. I, the things that I learned that Kansas state can play their game and win, and they can play somebody else's game and win. like Oklahoma state was making, was making life difficult for them. They were like not having the scoring output that they've had, you know, the last couple of games and they've, they proved that they can win those games within the margins and against Baylor, they proved that, Hey, you, you want to have a scoring output. Let's I'm going to beat you in that. So for me, like Kansas state is like, they're not the TCU of the, actually they, 
that's actually a really good comparison. They're kind of like the TCU of football of this year. Like, I feel like they're a team that wasn't expected to be this good, but then they just are because they have some star talent that are finally getting a chance to shine. And now they're winning in so many different ways that by the time March comes around, you know, they're going to know what to do in a lot of different situations. So at TCU on the road, you're facing a good defensive team, but this is a team that you need to just like not let Mike Miles beat you. And if you do, you're going to win. And at Kansas or home for Kansas, I, I don't know what to expect from that game that I think that right now is a coin flip type of game. I could not see a team running away with it right now. Like if Kansas state were to get blown out, that would absolutely shock me and same with Kansas. Um, But yeah, what I've liked from Kansas state the last couple of games is just, they're just showing they can win in so many different ways. It's been a joy to watch. And, and on the, the last few games, I mean, it's kind of been spearheaded by Marquise Noel. I mean, Bob has the stats and I would love for him to go over those stats from Marquise's last five games, I think, but just and you brought up the Kansas game. What where where did those two I think it's Dewan Harris, where did those two like stack up amongst each other? And where do you think who can is it the point guard's gonna take over that game for the Kansas game? Yeah, this is where I actually get kind of nervous that I'm thinking about it like matchup wise. If I were Kansas, Dewan Harris is guarding you know, Marquise Noel, and I would put Kevin McCuller on Keontae Johnson. Their two best on-ball defenders are on your best two scores, And I, I that that does worry me just a little bit because Dewan Harris is like such – He's I, I really do watch like watching him play just because he does things the right way. He's not necessarily going to beat you with his scoring, but when it comes to, you know, him as a ball handler, him as a playmaker, he does a great job. And defensively, he can switch onto so many positions and not get beat. He is, he, he, I think he's like such an underrated and will go down as one of Bill Self's like best guards. I really do watching him, like watching him play. But I, that would make me really nervous because defensively, I think Tex or Kansas has more people to throw at your best guys. Um, and that's where I think they are so dangerous because they, they just have those players that are so versatile and who, who can get you in so many different situations. Yeah, and those those stats real quick for Marquise Noel. So his last five games, he's averaging 24.2 points per game, 10.2 assists per game, 51% from field goal, uh, or 51% shooting field goals, 50% three-point three, uh, three point field goal percentage, and 91% from, from the charity stripe. He's the only player in the last 25 seasons across all of Division One to post a five-game stretch of 20 points per game, 10 assists per game, 50% shooting uh, field goals and 50% three-point three field goal percentage, um, which is just kind of a crazy stat to me. And it doesn't really feel like that's happening, uh, but it is. And Marquise is just, he, he's an absolute freak of nature and, and we're watching some historic basketball from him. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess before we wrap up here, Robbie, anybody else, any other thoughts on, either the the upcoming matchups for the cats, the season at large um, or anything else before we, before we sign off for tonight. I love watching this league play. I love that. I met this man, Russell. I love that. I met all of you people. I love that. We talked about, you know, a lot of soaking in different aspects 
And that's, I, I just want to do thank the Kansas State faithful. Like, this is not a fan base I ever thought I was just going to like somehow get inside of, like, like I was dolphing or whatever that was, derfing. I didn't think I'd be derfing with the, with the Kansas State people, but I really do love that you guys have kind of accepted me. And it's been so much fun to learn and like see the people that I interact with online. I, I really do love this community. Um, and you guys, I think, are like, it, it's fun to root for you because you guys are so good at a lot of different things. So I really do appreciate you guys following me, listening, you know, going on with my pandering and shenanigans. And I, I will even take the, the pestering of the tattoo. But damn, I forgot I accepted that I was going to get one now. Fuck. God damn it. But no, well, thank- you're committed yeah. now. And <clears throat> you're committed now. And, you know, Durfing with this fan base will get you a lot farther than you know Durfing with those up those those uppity class you know Texas Longhorns or whatever or those bottom feeders like Iowa State or you know some shit. We're right there where you need to be, and we'll we'll cuddle you after a good Durfing. So that's where we're at with K K State. Yeah. I feel like after this derf, you would drive me home and like make sure I got and like make sure I walked up the door and my mom let me in. You guys would make sure I got home. You you guys might even tuck me in after. We might we might let you stay over. Whoa! Now that's that's not. You won't call me the Uber home. No, no. We'll 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 put a nightlight on there. We'll let you stay over. We might might. You know how you wake up in the morning and then like I'm not there. We just got done derfing. I'm not there. But I was really just down at the corner store and getting you a cinnamon bun so you can wake up to something nice. Right. You like wait until my eyes open up and then you come through the door with those sweet cinnamon runs, cinnamon buns. Yeah, I like that. How did we get here? That's my biggest question. How did. Honestly, I blame Russell. Uh, but <laughs> So I don't want to change the topic, but has Manti Teo been discussed yet? I got on late. Uh, no, it's nothing crazy. Um, no, it's been a decade since, uh, the whole Manti Teo fake girlfriend story came out. Um, I think that was like genuinely 10 years ago today. Uh, I just wanted to point that out. That's my favorite sports story of all time. Just incredible. They should have made that guy the Pope. Um, anyway, that's, that's all I want to say. Robbie, you seem nice. Uh, you should buy me dinner at least before you tell me you love me. Um, and also talk to me for more than five minutes. Cause I'm, I'm not that pleasant anyway. By Russ. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the Pope of the Mormon Church is. That would be a really fascinating thing to, to do some research on. Kalani, Kalani oh, no, Satake. No, I mean, they, 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 should, they should break the rules and make him Pope, Manti Teo Pope of the Catholic Church. He should be Catholic. That's what I mean. Or maybe the Catholics should be Mormons. I don't know. Anyway, we're going off into a weird direction. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just incredible content tonight. Uh, well, Robbie, Robbie, real quick, let the people know where they can find you. What's your day job? All that. Uh, I've already introduced you, but you know, do the do the whole like. Where can people find you? If you've stayed this long, I hope you have been absolutely entertained. Uh, and yeah, my day job, I work for SiriusXM Big Twelve Radio. You can listen to the show I work on from two to five. But if that time doesn't work with you, we have the morning show from 10, seven to ten a.m. Central. I host the Midwest Madness podcast, doing all things Big Twelve hoops. I do Kansas State. I do all the nine teams. So if you're interested, not only in this team but everyone else, that's the place to go to. Follow me on Twitter 
at the Triano Kid. This has been a pleasure and a half. I didn't think that I would be doing this for as long as it is today, but I've I've had an absolute joy throughout this entire process. I don't think I've laughed harder on a podcast. So that's how you know this the stuff is good. You guys have good shit. Well, we're glad we're glad that you enjoyed it and it was awesome having you on and and we'll look forward to having you on again. Maybe we'll we'll have to recap the season at some point or or have you on in a few weeks. But uh it's been a pleasure and and thanks for popping Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thanks, Robbie. Follow me on Twitter. Thanks, baby. Robbie. Look at Chef, chef well, pandering. Chef pandering. <laughs> chef, chef with a classic pander. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, I wanted to jump in there, but shoot. When I saw Russell on, I just let him cook, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, Evan, any thoughts? I mean, fire, fire uh, no, up. That was you got great. anything, man? You know, there was, a, there was a train in the way, and I just didn't want to get in front of that thing. Once you see Russell start cooking on uh, Iowa Hawkeyes and immigration, it's, uh, it's a special sight, so... I think we need to start a fight to get Russell some edibles and maybe some mushrooms and just put them on for an hour and, and let him go. You're ma- you're assuming that that whole situation did not include those two things. I think that was just Russell being Russell, but you know, maybe uh, anyone that uh, compares uh, Iowa football to trench warfare and immigration. Yeah. Well, Australian it's immigration is not talked yeah. about enough. Sick you know, it's not that. talked about. Yeah. The, misbegotten australian immigration issues so great job guys i i just yeah wanted to sit and bask in all that they they talk about it on the crown on netflix hashtag no free ads <laughs> they do make great punters too the best punters um guys do we want to talk any more detail about these next two matchups i feel like we've got it pretty well covered but i mean you know TCU's good. They're ranked. They're number 17. KU's second in the country. We've got them at home. That usually bodes well for us, at least keeping it close. And uh, this is a much more talented crew than we've had in years past. So any any thoughts before we uh, take it out of here for these upcoming matches? David Shaw, the next Broncos head coach? Uh, I heard it was Harbaugh. That's that's at least what the uh, the the donkey fans out here really are. They're they're really gunning for Harbaugh. I think he interviewed. Yeah, I don't know why. Is that the Stanford guy? Yeah. What? Oh my god! They're gonna make another. T- Hashtag totally Broncos hire. Totally donkey. Oh my god! Welcome to the donkey show, baby. Oh, that would just be. Um, I just. I just want to say just regarding the two games, um, you know, we're in a real, we're in a really good spot with K-State sports. And I being at the game yesterday, I had a lot of flashbacks as a student as to how the octagon of doom can be. And Tuesday is going to be one of the, the best environments we will see in that's in that arena in many years. And, um, I'm excited for the cats and I'm excited to, to see how we match up against KU. And I want to leave that stadium a winner. I, this is the year that we can do it. And I hate saying that, but this is the team. This is the, these are the guys, the dudes that, that can do it. So fuck the Jayhawks. Will it be affected? Will Tuesday's game be affected by Saturday's game in any I 
I so I I was on Scott's show earlier, and um, I think we're going to go one and one in this stretch of two. You know, for some reason the TCU game just seems a little bit dicey for me. Um, I think TCU is an underrated environment now that they're good. Um, I think Mike Miles is a top player in the Big Twelve. Um, however, and I I said this on the show, um, so putting the stats out there. If we beat TCU, we will probably be in the top 10. And this K-State KU matchup in Bramlage could be the first time that both teams are in the top 10 for this game since 1958. 1958. Zoinks. Wow. I mean, black people weren't even allowed in Bramlage at that point. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I will say... K State was the team that broke that broke the color barrier in the yes, big game. Yes, we were. So I, I don't know. You might be wrong about that. I'm probably wrong. I'll take the wrong. I'll take. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, that was a, that was a Tex winner coach team. Wow, that's pretty. Yeah, Bob Boozer was on that team. So. Yeah, black people were definitely, definitely allowed wrong. in Bramlage. And, and Bramlage <laughs> didn't exist. It was it was Ahern Fieldhouse or Ahern Fieldhouse. So, um, yeah, Bramlage didn't exist yet. So you were you were Even- half right. You were half right. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Chef, any any last words on on these two matchups before we take it out? I mean, I'm watching the TCU game right now versus Texas, and I've got my eyes peeled on that. I mean, just the just the run that we're on right now, you know, obviously you're discounting West Virginia a little bit now that that doesn't hold up on the, the quad one uh, rain right now, but you know, we're going one, two, three, well, no, two, four, four straight games versus top 20 opponents. And it, it's just a magical run. This team is way more developed than I thought we were going to be. And, and we're not even playing the best. And we're not even fully healthy. So I don't know when we're going to get uh, Goose back. Uh, hopefully he comes back soon. But, you know, the team as a whole over these last few games have been getting not necessarily carry, but just an unprecedented run by Marquise Noel. Even Keontae Johnson, he struggled a little bit. Uh, was it yesterday? But that's all right because we're a team. We do this together. Uh, Tomlin is having a season where a nine. What do he have? Uh, how many rebounds did he have? I think seven or maybe nine. I don't know. But just just the team as a whole. We're all getting players to step up. We're on a magical run. I want us to enjoy it because the, you know, whether we're going to have to deal with Tang in the off season or whatever, let's just focus on this right now and the magical ride we're on. I'm excited for Saturday and then I'm even more excited for Tuesday. I couldn't agree more. I, I tweeted it last night. This, this team is special. So everybody enjoy this. You know, sometimes you have small windows for success and, and, you know, sometimes you have large windows for success and I hope this is a large window, but in the off chance that this is a short window, enjoy this while it lasts because it's, it's been a fun ride so far and, and it's only, only promising to be 
just as fun here in the next few games and, and as the season continues into March. But with that, I think we're going to go ahead and call it a night. But for all of us here, Cocaine Willie, everybody in the live room, man, what a what a lively crowd tonight. We had a really incredible live room, probably the most fun I've had in the live room since the OG Cocaine Willie days of really no format, no outline, and just totally rambling. Um, so thanks, everybody, for that. Uh, give Cocaine a Willie. Give Cocaine a Willie. Give... <laughs> Cocaine Willie, a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to be notified of new episodes as they drop. Leave us a review with your feedback. And if you're on Twitter, follow the show at Cocaine Willie or follow us individually. I'm your commissioner at Bob Trollsby. Chef is your personal lead chef or head chef or whatever, whatever it's called. Not sous chef because that's the uh, that's second in command, right, chef? That is correct. Uh, I am the head chef. I am the Wolfgang Puck of Kansas State Athletic and Sports Talk. And you can be followed at Chef Andre Napier. And the biggest fireball enthusiast I have ever had the pleasure of knowing is at at Marchesini. Chef? Cocaine's a hell of a drug, baby. Fireball Mad, did you have something real quick? Fuck no. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. We're all fucking no joke, baby. Let's ride. Let's ride. At the game is Ima. At the game is Ima.